During the first year of the Trump administration, contracting officers and other acquisition people saw few real changes in how they buy products and services. The reason? The Federal Acquisition Regulations Council, the FAR Council, basically didn't finalize any new rules in nearly a year. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about why the lack of new acquisition regulations is a growing concern for agencies and industry alike, and he joins me now with more. And Jason, before we get to that, just very briefly, you reported late Friday that there is a new federal CIO equivalent, if not in title, in Suzette Kent, and I know you're working on finding out more about her. We don't know a whole lot really about her at this point yet, do we? We don't, Tom. You're absolutely right. It was not a, a huge surprise. The name has been floating around there for, you know, a couple months now. And, and what's interesting about her is she does not have a specifically technology background. If you look at someone like Tony Scott or Steve Van Rokel, they had technology backgrounds. She comes from actually the financial services sector. She worked for Accenture, J.P. Morgan Chase. Her most recent job was at Ernst & Young. But what she does have is that, if you will, broader perspective to look at, and this is Again, we're just looking at her bio to, to kind of come to these conclusions, but she, she has this management side of her. And I think it's a different type of federal CIO. And you're right. What's interesting is uh, President Trump, when he announced the appointment, called her the administrator of e-government, if you remember that That's title. That's the old Karen Evans title. Exactly. Mark Foreman. But, uh, and, and Tony Scott and Steve Van Roekel and Vivek Hunter and all of them held that title as well. But, they, but the Obama administration made a specific point to call them the federal CIO. The Trump administration so far hasn't. I think in the end, I think you're right. Eventually she will be. But I am. I'm doing some reporting. I'll have some more later this week on the the new federal CIO, Suzette Kent. All right. So getting back to the FAR Council, finalizing so few rules in this first year. How many rules did it approve? And is that a measure of anything? Uh, They had one rule, and it wasn't even a a significant rule. It it basically said, this rule that we did approve, this proposal we're going to reject. And it was on the Fair and Safe Workplaces executive order under the Obama administration. Nothing surprising there. But the fact is, no real acquisition changes in the federal acquisition regulations came in 2017. And we're talking about from the time President Trump was inaugurated, January 20th, till December 31st. And I looked at this data with the help of the Professional Services Council, which tracks this stuff much more closely. Why so few rules? Uh, is there a reason driving the, the suppression here? So it's hard to say exactly why. I think there's a few things going on. Number one, we know that President Trump signed an executive order that talks about uh, regulations, reducing the number of regulations, the two for one. For every one new one, you got to get rid of two old ones. And that, that may have also slowed down the process. The other piece is agencies were now under the gun, again, through this executive order, to really improve the burden analysis that they're doing. What's the cost? Come up with new ways to measure that burden. And when I talked to David Berteau, the president and CEO of the Professional Services Council, that's one of the things he pointed out, saying we really don't have any visibility into that process, and you had to work through OIRA to develop that process. So all of that could have led to this slowdown. Now, at the same time, the other piece of this also could be, you know, there was no pressure coming from the Office of Federal Procurement Policy. We still don't have an administrator there talking about the federal CIO earlier. That's another management job that's open. Uh, GSA didn't have a final uh, person in the administrator role until just in the last few months. So there's a whole lot of pieces that weren't in place. So maybe agencies just said, well, we'll wait till we have better direction, better leadership from the administration. We're speaking with Federal News Radio's executive editor, Jason Miller. Could they be waiting on the 809 panel? 
to do its work because it promises to have a whole slew of proposed regulations on the DFAR side, but those could translate over to the FAR side. Oh, very easily transfer to the FAR side as well. I think that may have a little bit of it, Tom, but generally speaking, there's a lot of rules that were out there that were really important rules. And you know, when you look at the semi-regulatory agenda that gets put out every six months or so by agencies, the FAR Council is one of them, you can see what rules are out there. And, and there were 16 of them in the final stage, and some that were very important, none that were controversial, like set-asides under multiple word contracts, effective communication between industry and government, and that's like the Acquisition 360 effort that OFPP has been pushing, task and delivery order protests, clarifications of the requirements to justify sole source 8A contracts. So none of this would really be waiting for the 809 panel, per se, but at the same time, these are important rules that would really improve and or change the federal acquisition process. And, Tom, we've heard time and again how bad the federal acquisition process is. Yeah, we've so, heard it, but they still spend $500 billion a year buying something. They do. <laughs> Hopefully not the $24 million refrigerator for Air Force One. That's probably a discussion for another time. It must have been a sub-zero. It's a sub-zero. Thank you, yes. Well, also, I was going to say the communication rule sounds like son of Mythbusters. It is. It's part of the Acquisition 360 effort that OPP is pushing. In fact, I spoke with Leslie Field, who's the acting uh, OPP administrator, several months ago. And she said, listen, it's still important to us. We're still pushing forward. I think the FAR Council rule is helpful. That would really make this happen, institutionalize it. They're running some pilots, so we'll have to see what comes from that. But again, that's a perfect example of a non-controversial rule. Why not put it out there? And for 2018, the five or six that you mentioned that are pending, do you think those will get across the line? It's interesting because when you look at the semi-regulatory agenda, there are dates that they put in there. Final rule by, and they'll give you a month and a year, you know, March or April or whatever it is. But really, they put the same thing every year, right? So every six months you see this agenda that come out, and they have dates in there, and the dates keeps getting pushed back. Uh, David Bruteau, again from PSC, talked about this, his concern that there could be potentially a backlog of rules. He said he they've heard from the folks in the, the Defense Department for their DFARS. Now, this is a supplement to the FARS that each agency has, that they're planning to put out four rules a month. Interim rules, final rules, proposed rules. That's a huge amount of effort, both from the industry side to comment on, but also for DOD to process. And that's a bigger concern as well, that can they keep up with the, 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 the rate of rules? And you're also writing about the latest chapter in the shared services saga for financial management. I guess that saga goes back 40 or 50 years if you really, really follow it. What is new now from this administration? Tom, this is one of my favorite topics when we talk about uh, the government and the technology acquisition world, the policy world all coming together. And the Unified Shared Services Management Office, the USSM, has put out an RFI saying, hey, industry, we want to see what you can do. We want They're going to have two types of, of industry days. First is the virtual industry day on February 8th. The second is live demonstration days, February 13th through the 15th, here in Washington, D.C. at the GSA headquarters. And the goal is to really understand what the market is. What's the art of the possible? The concern I have about this, time, I think it's a good idea. Don't get me wrong. But the concern that I think I have and others is there's a memo from 2013 that still is out there that says, basically, agencies need to consider federal shared service providers first. At least that's the way it's interpreted. The memo may not say that in those words. And then consider commercial. And I think a lot of people in the industry say until that memo is either rescinded or upgraded or changed in some way or it's clear that agencies can go in either direction, federal or commercial, this type of industry could be hampered by that by that memo not being a sign that they're going to get rid of it. Yeah, with that memo out there, that could be simply a sword for someone wielding a protest. Or, or even a, a, this idea that, well, why should I as industry participate? Because I have no idea if I'm really going to get any sort of 
business or even a look because the memo has been said and the USSM has been saying for years under the Obama administration, listen, industry, you've shown you can't do this. We're going to go with the federal providers. This is a 180-degree about-face in many ways, but at the same time, the memo still is there. So I think two things have to happen. There has to be policy changes. This is one example. The other one's the Economy Act, which is, goes back to 1933, and we could talk about that for quite a while, Tom. And then there's the industry government communication has to change, and that has been the failure for a long time between uh, providers and customers. Federal News Radio's Jason Miller, thanks so much. My pleasure, Tom. Be sure to check out his notebook now online at federalnewsradio.com.